Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm going to give you my recap on UFC 260. And uh, that was headlined by the heavyweight championship bout between Stipe Miocic, the champion, and Francis Ngannou. But before I give you my thoughts on that entire card, I did miss the uh, recap on Brunson and Holland. And to be honest, I was kind of busy doing the Bobby Lashley video, so I just I, I was really into that. Uh, for the entire week and sometimes that just happens I get really deep into making a video and then I just kind of I don't really feel like making a recap uh, to the event especially when the event isn't that great and nothing really happened with the Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland card basically Derek Brunson won the fight in dominant wrestling fashion Kevin Holland was speaking a lot it is what it is. He lost the fight. I think he could come back. Derek Brunson, on the other hand, he is looking good, and I'm impressed with him. So that's all I could really say about that fight, to be honest. Um, there wasn't really much else. But um, aside from that, let's go to UFC 260. There was a lot to talk about on that card, and we'll start with the main event. So Francis Ngannou is our new UFC heavyweight champion, and he did that in extremely dominant fashion against someone who dominated him in their first matchup and there was all these stats about oh Francis um or Stipe on the other hand he doesn't lose uh rematches he's always won his rematches this and that and to be honest I fell for that I fell for that storyline and just the entire storyline of that yeah he Francis is a powerful striker but most of the time, that can't win you a fight against a really high-level wrestler. And that's what he got with Stipe Miocic, you know? So that was my m mindset. I thought Stipe was going to have another five-round wrestling bout once again. And then that's what it'd be. That was my uh, my guess. But see, this is why I don't give any fight predictions. Because Francis Ngannou proved me wrong big time. And... Although he he's not the stronger wrestler, although he didn't even train in wrestling, he's just known as a puncher, he had such a good game plan for this fight. I am so impressed with how he handled the second matchup with Stipe compared to their first. He was more calm and collective this time around, uh, picking his shots, and then everything really changed when Stipe First of all, Stipe ate, ate a big punch for, like in the beginning, and that was huge. Stipe didn't just ate it and nothing really happened. And then he shot for a takedown, and Francis denied it in like crippling fashion. That's like the best way I could put it. He stuffs the takedown, and Stipe just kind of crumbles. And I was also thinking about the advertisement of the night and that was for Godzilla vs. King Kong and I'm like this fits perfectly for the narrative of this fight right now and that moment when I saw that when Francis like kind of just stopped uh st denied the takedown from Stipe and began like throwing punches uh from behind I was like this is something out of uh King Kong vs. uh Godzilla you know I was very impressed with that so that happened, and the momentum changed big time after that, for sure. It was definitely in Francis's favor, but he still kept uh, calm and collective. He wasn't doing anything too uh, drastic in order to 
conserve his energy opposed to the first fight. And he looked good in the first round. There was no doubt that he won it. And then we get to the second round. And that's when he, first of all, he, he connects with a nice kick. I don't know whether it was early second round or late first round, but that was such a nice kick. Like it, it was slow, but the way it kind of, I don't know, that was nice. I want to see that kick again. And second round, that's when the fight finishes. And basically, Stipe thought, so Stipe gets clipped and then he clips Francis with, a punch and he thinks oh francis is wobbled he's hurt and he made the mistake of rushing in and once he did that francis had a counter left hook ready for him and stipe ate that folded basically did like a kind of similar to uh miracle crow cop against gabriel gonzaga he folded and ate a huge hammer fist before the ref stepped in Francis Ngannou is our new heavyweight champion. And honestly, Joe Rogan was saying how I feel like I witnessed uh, history right now tonight just by watching this. And I felt like that too, you know. Um, This was a long time coming for Francis Ngannou. This is something that we thought was going to happen back in... When was their first matchup? Back in... Was it 2013? 2018. Why did I say 2013? (laughs) Why did I think it was 2013? That's hilarious. But um, that was the first matchup. It was back in 2018. And that was that was supposed to be the fight for Francis to become a superstar, you know? And I feel like um, we're finally back here, regardless of that downfall that he had momentarily. He came back up, and now he's back in the position that we all expected him to be a few years back. And it's, it's heartwarming to see, you know, like when I see his smile at the end of the, that fight, just his excitement, it's like, you know, like this guy really put in the work to get to uh, the position that he's in today. And we all know the story about how he he grew up uh, back in Africa, like his the hardships he had to go through, then goes to Europe and it was just tough on him. And now he's a world champion and he's not just a world champion, he's one of the most exciting heavyweight champions I would say we've had in a while, just in terms of look and presence, you know, like when you see Francis Ngannou and you say that's the baddest man on the planet, like if you were to tell that to someone who doesn't watch MMA, they would believe you right away, as opposed to someone like Stipe, for example, you know, or like a a Tim Sylvia, you know, I don't know why I use Tim Sylvia as an example, but, uh, but, um, yeah, like, uh, Francis Ngannou, he fits the bill as the baddest man on the planet. And I'm so excited to see what's next for him because, especially after this fight with Stipe, he really proved that he's not just a, he's not just a brawler who just swings and punches like he did against Rosenstrike, for example. He knows how to game plan now. He knows how to stuff takedowns, you know? Like, when there was all this talk about, oh, you know, he's been improving his wrestling, his takedown defense, this and that, working with Kamaru, I was like... You could only learn so much in such a little time, especially when it comes to wrestling, you know, but he really showed that he improved a lot in that aspect and it, it did him wonders in this fight against Stipe. And if he could do that against other people in the future, it's going to be hard to stop Francis Ngannou. That's my estimation on his career. If he kind of continues on this trajectory of being a smart fighter, picking his shots, conserving his energy, because all it takes is one shot and 
as long as the fight keep is stays standing, it's gonna be a tough night for his opponents, basically. So that leads me to the potential matchups for him, and there's so many right now, you know. Um obviously the main one is uh John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. John Jones talks about his move to heavyweight after re- relinquishing his light heavyweight belt. He's obviously going to fight for the championship for the first uh, time when he enters that new division. And this is a a beautiful fight. You know, like, this is one of the big... I don't know if it's going to be the biggest fight the UFC would ever put, but it it would be up there. Like, that's a different stratosphere of um, fights, in my opinion, you know? And I will pay anything for that fight to to happen, you know? Like, that would be a matchup that any MMA fan or even any casual fan of MMA would enjoy to watch, you know? It, it, it would be huge. And, yeah, if I were the UFC, pay each guy as much money as uh, you can give them in order for that fight to happen because I need to see that fight, you know? Um, other matchups for... See, I don't even want to talk about other matchups for Francis because that's the fight that needs to happen. But we could talk about other matchups. And <laughs> the fu- well, first of all, we could talk about uh, Stipe Miocic. He could, we could do a trilogy fight. We could do a third fight between the two. Makes sense, you know. Both of them had very dominant performances against each other. And if they were to do a trilogy, they should do it sooner than later because Stipe is getting older. He's 38 now. So, um, that's another option as well. Like I said, it's, it's a good option, but it's just, it's not the option that I, I'm really excited about right now. The other option that even Dana White mentioned was the <laughs> second fight between uh, Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis. And if you watch MMA and if you remember their first fight, you would know it was one of the worst fights in MMA history. Like if you were to tell me, if you were to ask me what was the worst fight you've seen in MMA history, that's probably in like the top five, I would say, you know, like that that's one of the fights up there for sure, because it was just, it was so bad, especially with all the hype going behind it. Um, to be honest, I feel like if a second fight does happen this time around, it would be better than the first. That That's just my opinion. But um, still not not the fight I want to see yet. I, I wouldn't mind if, let's say, Francis gets past john jones these fights are still there hopefully you know especially for the stipe fight but the fight that i really want to see and this is going to be down the line for sure because there's so many other guys that still have to fight uh that still have to fight francis first but the fight i want to see down the line and hopefully francis is still the champion by then is francis Ngannou versus cyril gun i think that would be such a good fight, not only because stylistically they're both amazing strikers, but they have a they have a story. They have like a, a background story behind them. Um, they're both from France, right? And Cyril's current coach right now, he was the former coach to Francis Ngannou. So that that's just like a little storyline there that it would it would be. It would do wonders, you know, and I would love to just see that matchup. Two guys in their prime, two strikers in their prime just going at it. Good story, good... Uh, that, that that has a lot of things 
uh, to make a good uh, title defense for Francis Ngannou. But like I said, that it just kind of has to work in his favor in that aspect um, with all the wins against these other people against uh, for like for him. You know, he has so many possibilities ahead and it's exciting. You know, it's exciting to see what's next for him. And I hope what's next is John Jones, because I think everyone wants to see that. That was the main event. There was a lot to say about that. Stipe, I, I could say a little bit more about Stipe. Um, I would like to see him fight again, but even if he retires, and that's fine too. He's had such an amazing career. But if he was to fight again, um, yeah, why not? You know, give him like a Curtis Blades. That would be a good fight, you know? Curtis Blades coming off a loss. Stipe coming off a loss. That's actually a fun fight, you know? Two wrestlers going at it. Good, uh, good, um, good test for Curtis Blades, but yeah, that's the main event. Let me talk about the co-main event now, which, um, lasted only three minutes and 56 seconds, and it was fun. It was a very fun fight, and that was between Vicente Luque and Tyron Woodley. Vicente Luque won the fight by submission. Um, Bravo, Bravo Choke. I never heard of that before. Bravo Choke? <laughs> Bravo? Bravo. Bravo. Uh, Vicente Luque, man, um, he's the dark horse of the welterweight division. That's all I could say about that. You know, he is consistently putting on fun fights, fun performances, and he's so close to being at the top, but he always loses that fight to get to the top. But this was definitely his biggest win to date against the former champion in Tyron Woodley. And uh, I can't wait to see what's next for him after this because it definitely puts him up there to fight like a top five guy now. And we need someone like Vicente Luque, you know, like he's he's so entertaining, you know, like that that's like the biggest thing. Like I always like to tune in for a Vicente Luque fight. And this was another example of that. I knew this was going to be at least a good performance on Vicente's part because he's just been looking very good recently. But for it to be a fight of the night, that's what I didn't expect, especially with the way that Tyron Woodley has been looking as of recent, just very hesitant, not aggressive, and just playing it safe and, you know, just not being his old self. And this fight really showed me his old self. Even though he lost, this was probably, not only did he lose, he lost first round submission, but this is one of those defeats where, I think his stock goes up personally, regardless of the four fight losing streak that he's on right now, including this defeat. Um, he really went all out in there. You know, he, he went guns blazing right from the start, rushed in um, punches, tried to secure the takedown, this and that, uh, ate some big shots in this, sh in this fight and was still, was still going for it, you know, and that's kind of why this fight became a fight of the night and it's it sucks to see Tyron Woodley in this position because he's one of my favorite fighters um it's clear that he's not going to be with the UFC anymore if you guys saw like the post fight uh press conference Dana White is like he's on a four fight win uh losing streak so yeah like that's all he said so it's just like there's no other way of saying you're fired 
without saying it than that you know when i saw that i was like okay it's done for tyron woodley and it sucks you know it sucks because this guy was one of my favorite um champions for a while back in the day and we say back in the day like it was like five years ago and it wasn't even like how long was this ago it wasn't even five years ago he was champion back in 2018 you know and that seems so long ago but this is the sport it 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 moves by quickly and uh with him being 38 years old too you know it's a young man sport that's another thing too young man young woman sport and he he lost you know he's not he's not the same tyron woodley like he was back in his prime and i would like to see him call it a career but opportunities are still out there for him if he wants to go to bellator if he wants to go to pfl one championship why not you know like there's just um there's a lot that he can do post ufc but he's just not a an elite level welterweight anymore that's just what it is and i wish him all the best that's really all i could say to close off that co-main event now let's talk about sean o'malley versus thomas almeida a uh, big fight for Sean O'Malley. He won the fight, third round, uh, KO. And this comes after a first round where it looked like he was going to finish the fight. But he, I knew what was in his mind right when that happened. So basically, he drops Thomas Almeida and then begins to walk away. And to be fair, the ref could have stopped it if he kind of like, if he just kind of went for it but he he gave it a split second and therefore the fight continued on but right when that happened i was like oh that sucks you know Uh, he could have got the finish but i didn't think it was an issue because regardless of not getting that finish it wasn't like it was a close fight you know it was just pretty dominant um I gotta say, Sean O'Malley, man, his striking, his movement on the feet is just, it's scary, you know? Like, just watching this guy move uh, right now is, he's gonna be such a problem for many bantamweights. And that's why I'm I'm impressed with uh, Cheeto Vera, man, you know? Like, uh, it really shows how good Cheeto Vera is to kind of... uh, stand and trade with Sean O'Malley, you know, and kind of deal with that because that's a guy that a one-punch knockout could come out of nowhere with Sean O'Malley. So Shane O'Malley, as I should say. (laughs) Yo, did you guys see that? Snoop Dogg called Sean O'Malley Shane O'Malley. Oh, my God. Like... Yo, they called him Shane O'Malley. Shane. Shane O'Malley. That was bad. (laughs) Okay, so Sean O'Malley, regardless of this entire joke of Shane, uh, I'm so excited to see what's next for him, you know? And uh, apparently Dominic Cruz is calling him out, wants that fight next, and that would be... To be honest, I have Sean O'Malley to win that fight because the thing is that they have such similar styles too, especially like on the feet. I don't know about like the ground, but on the feet, they have such similar like styles and movement, like just a very unorthodox and most importantly, very speedy and just constant, constant thinking. Like I could just imagine just going up against like these like both Sean O'Malley and Dominic Cruz, like how much you, like uh, their opponents have to think about 
their moves and everything like that because it's just so unpredictable on the feet and and fast so Sean O'Malley versus Dominic Cruz sign me up for that fight but I do think age is going against Dominic Cruz at this point in his career and Sean O'Malley is just kind of on his way up right now like I to be honest like I thought I picked Sean O'Malley to win this fight against Thomas Almeida I know there was this narrative of like yo he might not come back like they're they're really uh, digging hard on that narrative that Sean O'Malley's not the same guy like he once was anymore. He lost. He's going to continue to lo- lose. I'm like, he he lost one fight and by injury. Like, it wasn't like he got dominated in his last fight. I know, I don't agree with the narrative that he puts that he's still undefeated, this and that. Like, he lost the fight, but it wasn't a, f- a defeat where... Um, I thought he was done. I was like, this guy's still good. And he proved that again with Thomas Almeida. Albeit Thomas Almeida was on a three-fight losing streak prior to this fight. But Thomas Almeida is still as tough as it as they come. You know, he, he took that big shot in round one and continued to fight. You know, and it sucks. He couldn't really get uh, past the, the reach distance, the reach difference between, like, with Sean O'Malley and that's another thing with Sean O'Malley he's such a long fighter and that's that's awesome for him in this division on 135 right now I would like to see him versus Corey Sanhagen one day that would be a good fight there's just a lot of good matchups at 135 right now and Sean O'Malley he's he has a lot of options coming his way for sure because he he's a big name right now and he's young and he's a prospect you know a lot of people I could definitely see him in the title picture in the next couple of years so Good win for him. Let's see what's next. Hopefully, it's Dominic Cruz. Let's talk about Miranda Maverick. She defeated Jillian Robertson by unanimous decision. And uh, that sucks, you know? Always always rooting for Jillian Robertson, fellow Canadian. And uh, Miranda Maverick, you know? So, first of all, it was a close fight. Well, it, it was a close fight in the sense that... Round one, I gave it to Miranda. Round two, Jillian, she dominated. Secured the takedown. Almost got a hold of a rear naked choke. Was doing good there. I wish she did more of that in round three. But round three, it was all Miranda. And won the unanimous decision. 30-27, that's, that's crazy. I don't know. 29-28 makes more sense. And uh, good win. Good win for Miranda Maverick. She's obviously going to be like a big name in the the flyweight division soon because she's only 23 years old and if she's getting wins like this against uh someone like jillian robertson like jillian robertson has the most fights in flyweight history already you know what i'm saying like although she's young still she is like a veteran basically at this point with the ufc especially in the women's flyweight division so miranda maverick i'm excited to see what's next for her um aside from that there's nothing really much more i could talk about Shout out to Marc-Andre Barrio, who, uh, fellow Canadian as well, he won in the prelims, defeated Abu Azaitar, TKO punches in the third round, and if I was to give this uh, UFC card event, UFC event, a rating, I would give it an... I give it an 8 out of 10. It was a pretty solid night. I really loved the main event. Like I, like Joe Rogan said, uh, it felt like I, I saw history by watching that fight. And I feel like we all did. So that's why I give it an 8 out of 10 for the most part. But in general, some solid fights on this card. I enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. And I hope you have a good rest of your week. Bye-bye.